0: This is Shaka Speak.
1: So, hey, we're back. Yeah. Gareth Blackwell has an amazing mustache. Thank you very much. And he has better hair than me, which I'm more jealous <laughs> of. So, Dude. whatever, man. So I've been wearing a hat today. I know, but it's still, that's the, that's the point, though. See, I couldn't put a hat on, take it off, and expect my hair to look like anything other than, like, a smashed piece of cardboard <laughs> at a recycle center. <laughs> Your hair actually has wave and... It has jazz to it. Jazz. I got jazz in my hair. Yeah. My, my hair is like a piece of sliced cheese. <laughs> Your hair's like jazz. So, you know, jazz can it. go different places, I'll but it still it. plays. Yeah, yeah. I'll take right? it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's how it works.
1: Yeah. So anyhow, that's a good visual for for all of you as far as uh, Gareth Blackwell. <laughs> yeah, my jazz hair and my smooth my, my, uh, mustache. mustache. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited by that. Um, And uh, we're here. Um. Doing a part two, so we had done a part one on rethink poverty in the arts, which is kind yeah, of an yeah. interesting conversation topic, I suppose. And part of that's just because you know, and there's just more to it. We we I think we had a I think we were interrupted by a pretty significant storm. Yeah, we had a storm. We had yeah. a lot more to get to, and uh, so if you hear, didn't want to lose anything, yeah, if you hear that episode and you hear some stuff at the end that could sound like static, we were really getting pelted. Yeah, um, and just we're like, let's cut it here. We don't want to re record this because what was said was what was said and we thought mm-hmm. it was solid. So so here we are kind of trying to pick up um, you know, back with that topic again. And uh I think maybe to summarize, you know, and Gareth summarize some of the thoughts you had if you want, but I, I yeah, would just yeah. if I could just say real quick the summary that I think one of the things that I I was thinking about a lot would be along the lines of um when we think about poverty, um there is there is an intersectional reality to it mm-hmm. without question. And so there's there's all the different diverse factors that can converge into uh, degrees and levels of poverty and poverty towards what end poverty in terms of what, in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, basic needs. Uh, I mean, is there, you know, is it poverty in terms of the totality of a city or a neighborhood? Is it poverty of um, the mind Mm -hmm. meaning there's lack of resources for, for cultivating the mind of a person. People call it education, but Mm -hmm. I think it's the uh, flourishing and cultivation of a human being and the heart and the mind are, are critical to that. Um, it could be poverty of know-how. Um, uh, so there's been a lack of resources that that enable flourishing through the practice of know-how. So it's like um, there's poverty of aesthetics. There's poverty of art. So uh, whole people groups that have been denied access to the, I would just call it sort of the enriched uh, um, uh, reality that comes from, new and diverse and interesting things. And so what you see in some poverty uh, cases with people is resiliency when it comes to creativity, in spite of all the lack of those resources. And that speaks deeply to the, I think the human um, kind of part of the human capacity to make much of little.
2: Yeah. You know, well, you
1: know, there's kind of toward that
2: end. I was reading a few articles and uh, one was uh, written by a a woman who lives in uh, West Virginia Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she lived in one of the poorer counties of the country. And uh, she was at the store with her son, and she said she always hated that, like, the bread aisle was right next to the toy aisle in her store Mm. because they'd go in and they'd get things, and the kid would always want to look at the toys. She said, well, we can't buy anything. We don't have the money for it. Um, And so uh, he was like, why can't I have her, like, buy a little car? And She said, well, you know, there are some... There are some months, she said, where she makes less than some people pay for their cable. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to make ends meet, she said. You know, we have very limited money, and we have to, um, we have to actually use it in very specific ways towards specific ends. And he said, "Well, you buy art supplies. Why can't I have a toy?" And it was interesting because she said that this made her think about. What it really meant to Mm -hmm. spend that money, what poverty was about, why the arts were important, um, and how they were similar but also different from that toy Mm -hmm. that the kid wanted, and it was a really kind of touching reminder because it showed like it's not an easy conversation.
0: Yeah, like it's it's
2: not like everything you're talking about is is uh, like there's a lot of uh, a lot of variance in it, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, shades in it, Um, and it's not something we easily. You can't easily fix this, Mm-mm, right? No, no. Because, you know, if, if you were able to help, like, one or two people out of poverty, like, it's still a huge number of folks mm-hmm. in our country, in the world, wherever. Um, and it's tough. Um, and so it is a large, uh, monumental problem. Um, but I think that that, I, I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason that we, within, like, creative spaces, have such a hard time really dealing with it mm-hmm. in, a, in
1: a way that feels
2: adequate so
1: yeah and so maybe so take i'm going to say something that's going to sound wrong but okay here you know and if you're listening at home hear me out um what if okay this is going to sound wrong but hear me out what if it's not a problem to solve Hmm. but it's you know so i keep going back to the garden metaphor so like, like i've now been gardening for in my new house or the house i've been in for the last five years for about five years you know mm-hmm. and and uh with patience and time new mm, life emerges from the garden mm-hmm. and but new problems with it mm-hmm. and then sometimes an old problem goes away for a while then it re-emerges and so it's a dynamic state of affairs that i'm turning energy <laughs> and attention to yeah so and and so what that requires is what i would call stewardship Mm -hmm. cultivation so cultivation and stewardship are responsive to an anticipation of a dynamic state of affairs okay stewardship and cultivation are responsive to um and uh um anticipate a dynamic state of affairs Mm -hmm. question is what are those state of affairs so in in the context of gardening you know it's whatever is is there right or brought to bear by you so let's say you come to a community garden it hasn't been tended to yeah well um you start to tend to something. It's catalytic. It will change something. You know, Mm -hmm. you start growing some flowers and then you, you know, you plant, you know, a tomato plant. You may start getting some tomatoes because there's flowers there and something starts pollinating that. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden the appearance is different. Someone who used to know the, the, uh, the garden may come by and actually take, take of the fruit of the uh, tomato, if you will, and, and uh, dump some seeds somewhere else. Right. And then second tomato plant grows. I mean, just trying to kind of make a somewhat out of our control picture that still has something to do with our responsiveness and our attention to it. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not so much to solve the problem in, as in like this soil is impoverished and uh, uh, you know, um, we got to beautify this in a way so that never have to be frustrated by the way it looks or look at it again.
2: Yeah, I mean, because really
1: within that metaphor, the only way to solve the problem of the garden is to rip the whole thing up and put a parking lot over it. Exactly. That's right. It's really just to to, eradicate it. Yeah, just eradicate it. And so that's, yeah, yeah, so you're getting it. So if we look at it more as less of a problem, but more of an opportunity to solve, I always call it problem opportunity. But but if you look at it more as a cultivated stewardship responsibility, then you're bringing your resources. And that's when you start to get into some collective thinking and some collaborative thinking because you can't by yourself mend or, or, um, Uh, address the totality which is what you're alluding to earlier Mm. like it's just too big yeah but like i don't even think we're supposed to i think i think so i'm thinking in this conversation when we kicked it off you know last time it's like what happens if you just start gardening in the you know aesthetically gardening and metaphorically uh sharing whatever abundance of resources you have like it's not always monetary resources and it's like, uh, what if we stopped putting crappy murals up in poor neighborhoods? Mm. Yeah, that's you right. know, like, what if we took our money and and saw if there's people that wanted homes rebuilt, or what if, you know, what if you, um, you know, you you know, I'm I'm a fan of community gardens, mm-hmm. you know, community pools, like things like that. But it's like, what about the community art gallery and uh, what about you know, community, any number of things. Mm-hmm. What uh, about bringing art classes back to elementary school? Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: I mean, I had a. There's another um, anecdote i had heard that a museum somewhere on the East Coast Mm -hmm. um, was having a hard time because they were like, look, it doesn't really look like our membership or the people here Mm -hmm. really look like the city in which we're located. Mm -hmm. How do we change that? And there were a lot of ideas that people threw out, you know, a lot of kind of smoke and mirrors, a lot of flashiness, a lot of things that um, felt more like some sort of weird sweepstakes than actually inundating people with the joy and love of the arts. Um, And the question I was left with was, what are they doing in the community, like in terms of young people?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And you're not interested in things you don't know about. Yeah. And if I grew up in a place, I mean, where I grew up, uh, most of my friends never had a single minute of Mm -hmm. art education in any way before they graduated high school. Yep. And so how do you expect somebody... Growing up in a place where it's never introduced, mm-hmm. never talked about, to then one day be like, oh, my gosh,
1: there's a museum over there. I should yep. go into it and appreciate it as a mm-hmm. cultural icon. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just
2: not going to happen.
1: No. And a lot of times, heartbreakingly, this is going to sound condescending, but and it, maybe it is and I can't see it and I'm blind. So I, I confess like a little bit of a, like a muddledness to this. But sometimes the people that have the biggest bleeding heart for these things are not the most capable people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if in, and so it's not that they're not needed or a valuable contributor to this conversation or to the actualization of some kind of yeah. difference, but it's like a lot of times the best people uh, that are making are the ones least inclined to, to mm-hmm. lend out of the overflow of their, their abundant resources or capacities. And so then you never really get anyone who's getting access to the best of what's there at yeah. their age. Now here, here's a proxy comparison though. You know, one example in some ways that I can think of, uh, from the nine, from 88 till now that has done an incredible job of kind of evangelizing people to, uh, their sport, Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, the NBA. Yeah. And so here, and here's how the best players run camps, the best players travel the globe, the best players build, uh, uh, consistent relationships, but they bring along the not, not, not as good players. So it's not just The stars and the bench players and the coaches but it's the retired players it's Mm -hmm. the emergent players and and they've done this to the point where the globe is so much better at basketball that the globe is now teaching american-born players things about basketball that they're not getting naturally so it's it's come full circle on and changing things it's flourishing things in a different way and you're seeing um you're seeing before your very eyes like an acceleration on stuff that would have been impossible to access that was exclusive in the 80s to, you had to be an NBA player. Now like five-year-olds are being given to start with mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's uh, uh, revolutionizing what basketball looks like uh, yeah. beyond what people can kind of conceive. And it's like, you know, it's, it, you know it, it is what it is, right? I'm not trying to overstretch the comparison, but it's just to say that um, there's a, a lack of elitism in that that is bound up in the arts, um, historically speaking, in, in in kind of a the ghost of avant-gardism and in, and in, um, upper upper class society, and and it's like uh, art's got such strange baggage. Baggage is not free to actually be. Um, you know, we say stuff all the time, but it's not free to actually be what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and we say things in college like it's transformative, and you know, you get the uh, privileged a curator who's like, I'm really transformed right now. And they go and write 50 million articles for art in America. And they, mm-hmm. they hobnob around certain galleries and talk about transformation, but they keep writing the same things. And it's like, why, why are you the only one being quote unquote transformed? Yeah. And it's like, uh, how does that relate to X number of people that have never even heard of what you're talking about? And all I'm trying to say is perhaps that's possible, but, uh, you'd never know it because mm-hmm. no one's ever bringing that stuff to anyone outside of the safety of the already the peanut gallery Mm -hmm. you see you know what i'm saying like yeah i mean so um i think in our 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 discussions that's like part of what we're talking about and it's like burdensome to think about because it makes you feel like oh gosh what am i what am i responsible to you know well i think also there's there's
2: something uh generative um in what you're talking about right because it's you know, the flowers are there they help the tomatoes grow the seeds go somewhere else like it, it is is a very apt metaphor for it and so i think um yeah i've been a part of community design meetings where i've heard people say how do we solve x mm-hmm. and it's this gigantic problem right mm-hmm. so you fill in the blank how do we solve education how do we solve healthcare? how do we solve yeah. transportation um and i you know my response is usually hell if i know yeah you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how to solve that. Like, yeah. if you if you were to ask me, like, how do we solve the fact that you know public transportation in City X takes three times as long as something
1: else? Therefore, you're wasting the times a day for something. Yeah, like, there's
2: better questions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're yeah, if you're saying I, I, it takes an hour to get here and it, it bottlenecks here, how do we solve that problem by rerouting? How can we get? How can yeah. we shorten the trip? you know cut costs on repairs to the bus city bus or you know it's like you're getting real concrete and you're like yeah yeah, that's a that's a solvable problem but w- w- with the big stuff that they're not problems to solve in that way i think it's no, wrong they're, thinking
2: they're really not and i think it becomes hugely detrimental because then you know the the person who has like a heart or a passion to actually be helpful in these spaces they go well, I, what can i do mm-hmm. um because I, I do think there's a lack of like empowerment towards yes. like do the thing you can do do what you dude. can like and stop you know, worrying about who sees you. Yeah. Stop yeah. worrying about who sees you. Stop worrying about how large it is or how viral it is or how whatever. Um, but let it be a thing that's done because you yeah. see a problem or an issue or something you want to help with. Now, uh, I mean, I think, and then once that happens, then assume that as it goes on, it should spur other things on. Yeah. It likely will. Um, I think about, um, I mean, it's it's a big organization now, but when it started, it was kind of a, an odd idea. But Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. very much focused on you know uh, the underhoused population and how do we get folks with low incomes into homes, their quality, mm-hmm. and set them on a trajectory because the statistics are out there to show that uh, homelessness is a precursor to a number of problems, mm-hmm. and not just in a single generation, but over the course of multiple generations that yeah. follow within a family. So. Um, Housing security uh, is a big deal. Well, so Habitat goes on and they say, hey, you're going to have some sweat equity in it. You're going to help us build your house. We're going to use volunteers. If people are on the local chapter boards, they're actually going to come out and build as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's an inclusive like work environment. But then they said, well, we're building these homes in these neighborhoods. Man, it'd be nice if we had playgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so another organization sprung up that did what Habitat does, but Mm -hmm. for playgrounds. And they started doing things in conjunction with habitat and they started doing it in neighborhoods and it solved another small part of the problem
1: in a small way. And if you put it in a different, if you put it in a different rubric, it's, it didn't like, so just to kind of run with the metaphor, it didn't solve a problem. It actually enriched the soil and it optimizes Mm -hmm. the ability for humans to flourish. So if we say human flourishing, it, it re, it reoriented, oriented in, in estimable ways, the facilitation of relationships. So it's like taking a gun out of a kid's hand and putting him into a swing. Yeah. Two different trajectories for what may occur. And it, it heightens the possibility of another trajectory. In a small way, too, like I like your habitat, is uh, Sally Bowering and Tim Bowering. Sally was on our mm-hmm. documentary, uh, The Builder. And one of the stories she told when we were recording that didn't make it into film, just because it was kind of like we had like an hour-long interview and then another hour-long interview. So she had a wealth of knowledge. But mm-hmm. one thing that always stuck out to me that I loved was because she's so tied to the art community, they got real art, like really good art, uh, from, from really good artists and everybody that got a home with, with Habitat got a singular work of art. That's great. With, and so, and, and she said there was not a single person who wasn't overjoyed by that piece of art. <laughs> and I said, what an incredible, uh, sort of pairing of a home and a work of art. Like there's something uh, sort of powerful in that message like the meaning of that and also just what that what that means you're not even you're not dealing with an empty home anymore yeah you know and it's singular it's individualized it's you know or specified if you will and uh that just that you know in some ways that might have been in the back of my mind even when we we're talking about this talk it's like mm-hmm. that that just stuck out to me as like a, a really important gesture that is needs to be unpacked more like where you know where are there other opportunities to do things like this yeah you know i'm saying i mean you
2: know it's uh i think we like to we can look at something like poverty and say, oh, poverty is a lack of money. Therefore, mm. we need to have money for them. We need yep. to allow areas for them to make money. And that, I think, is true. Yep. But it, it, it is also a, a minification of what's actually going on. Sure. Um, so with that, um, you know, what else comes up with it? So even in the, the metaphor of the garden, you have this idea that, like, the, the aim of a garden is not to grow tomatoes like there's something at the end of those tomatoes being grown mm-hmm. and that usually is them being eaten. Mm-hmm. There's something even that the garden enables. Yeah. Um. You know, so if, if, if we kind of turn that metaphor to poverty in the space, then there is a question of like, well, out of poverty and into what, mm-hmm. like what, what does that look like? Because you you know, open us up with things like there's, there's so many ripples mm-hmm. of types of poverty that if, we have somebody who say, we say, oh, now they're financially secure.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, how else may they still be in need of other things? Right. And I think that's what's beautiful about that painting uh, in each of those habitat homes is that it's assuming that poverty is not just uh, a money issue. That's right. It's a lot or, of other Or things.
1: even a shelter issue. Right. It's not, yeah. I
2: don't have a place to, to lay my head. I don't have enough work. I don't have this. Those are aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um. But even somebody who may be able to make all those ends meet, mm-hmm. would they really
1: even then be able to enter into an appreciation of the arts or anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, or have it reinforce what's there that they can't see yet in their own life that it just needs to be heightened to where they, they actually feel even better about what they already, where yeah. they already are. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, not to overstretch things, but you know, all it takes is to go on any number of uh, streaming platforms with films Uh And I'm just going to make another kind of jerky statement, which is, uh, we are narratively impoverished. Mm. We're cinematically impoverished. Mm. We're aesthetically impoverished. We're artistically impoverished. Scroll Instagram and think for a second of how many crappy things you scroll over in order to try to find something Mm -hmm. of value and how many films do you screw you scroll over um, and it's, we, we have an, a, an impoverty of our imagination. Yeah. So we're, we're impoverished in that way. And as, as this, uh, kind of impoverishment pervades every aspect of our lives, we, I always go back, it's just cliche, but we're, we're so much like the film Wally that we're, we're just looking to be told what to do next. Mm-hmm. So we will never reach the least of these, uh, by this kind of pervasive impoverishment Um, So to speak, the people that are like struggling the most, um, you know, you know, it's like the uh, there's that scene in Indiana Jones, the fourth one that people don't like Mm -hmm. when the old old dude who's kind of, you know, he's he's gone for a moment. But he uh, they rescue Indiana Jones and then his son hands him a snake to Mm -hmm. pull him out. Yeah. And his son can do it because the snake is in his hands and he's standing on solid ground. Mm -hmm. And so even with a bad. (laughs) <laughs> rope Yeah. <laughs> the snake the thing that Indy's the most afraid of he's able to pull him out mm-hmm. so there's a way where we have to uh, draw each other into something better and it means that we can't all be stuck in the the same exact quicksand Yeah, you know for the same exact reasons like it's it's got to be differentiated and you know I've had people that weren't in my quicksand and because they weren't they actually helped me you know yeah, growing true. up poor I mean you know um, growing up poor going through grad school like
2: you hit those spots where like you, you definitely are. Like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I'm eating less than I'd like. Mm-hmm. I'm doing less than I'd like. I'm living in less conditions than I'd like. Yeah. Um. You know, a, a number of things. Uh. But it is. Uh. It is nice to know that my my situation was in some ways singular, mm-hmm. because it didn't have all of the same compounds as yours yeah. when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Very different, but very similar. Sure. In the same ways. Um, and there is something to be said for the fact that, um, we may not be able to pull people out of poverty as immediately as would be ideal. Mm -hmm. And we may not have like a silver bullet that just kind of solves the problem. Um, but it is not, I don't, do not think it's unkind to say that as there is good work being done in that way, Mm -hmm. it is still a positive to remind people of like the beautiful things in life mm-hmm. and that you don't have to make a certain amount of money mm-hmm. to be able to tap into those things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, one of the pla- so two things that there's two things that just jump into my head real quick is one is um, well, shoot. It just jumped out of my head. The other is the Robinson theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that place because yeah. I've watched it become more so- solidified in its presence. And I've watched how it's had an impact on its surrounding context in, oh, yeah. in Churchill in and in a neighborhood that's uh, on the East End. It's actually changed over the years. Yeah. So it just, dig. I mean, it's just a thing that my kids have done dance there and things. And it's like, I've I've seen it change mm-hmm. and grow. And, um, you know, if you've ever gotten into gardening, you know, sometimes you get uh, seasonal crops to where you get much better at cultivating those seasonal crops, which just only in deepens the enrichment of of other people's uh you know what, what they're going to experience mm-hmm. what I was going to say. The other, other thing I was going to say is by when I say we, we need to not be in the same quicksand. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this to be true situationally in areas that are blind to them as far as thinking about this. So like if you, you are someone and you have uh, brain cancer, you're, you are in your in need. Now mm-hmm. you don't go to grandma to fix your brain cancer. Yeah. You, or, you know, or auntie so-and-so down the street or uncle so-and-so or, mm-hmm. Um, meaning, they're not going to be the ones you go to. You got to find someone who's staying on a different platform. Yeah. Who, who is not, who's not in need the same way as you. So you go to the brain surgeon who hopefully is not dealing with brain cancer, right? Um, and they have experiences that you don't have and they have a ways of offering things to you that you uh-huh. don't have. And, and we know that when we balloon life out to everything, uh-huh. you know, uh, when anything goes wrong, you go to someone. But, um, you know, when it comes to some things and it comes to art and it comes to poverty, it comes to, certain strata of society, we really narrow our thinking. We really narrow our thinking. Mm -hmm. We limit our thinking. And then, and then we judge other people for not thinking that way. That's the kicker right now. We limit our thinking Mm -hmm. and we judge other people predicated on mostly our ignorance. Mm -hmm. That's crazy on Mm -hmm. our ignorance, which is a kind of intellectual poverty or a kind of willful blindness. Yeah. You know, and instead of, instead of being stretched, you, you collapse, you tear down. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I think, I think, you know, maybe we, we, I think there's another conversation down the road where maybe we bring some people in and, and mm. maybe even we just, you know, I think one thing we can do is I think, you know, we'll come back at some point, maybe in the fall with some examples of some places that are, mm-hmm. we've been looking at examples. So we got a couple, but why don't we wait and just gather up some examples and we'll just list them off. Um, yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of things going on. That are good. And really, if you go out there,
2: you start to like look at this stuff. Yeah. It's hard to find. And I think it's hard to find for one good and Mm -hmm. one bad reason. Uh, One bad reason, because just as personally speaking, I don't think enough is being done in the area. That's right. Um, It is kind of like giving the least to the least or Mm -hmm. giving the leftovers to whoever's left, sort of thing. So that's that's the bad side. I don't think there's quite enough that's actually being done in a real way um, because I think there is a way we try not to incorporate the poor Mm -hmm. into actual society we try to put a little bit of an arm's distance and say Mm -hmm. well once they get that cleared up then it's kind of normal but in a good way i think because there are a lot of organizations that are doing things where they wouldn't just define as like uh, oh we're doing things in the arts to help the poor
0: Mm
2: -hmm. it's that we're doing things in a very total sort of community-based way that would include something like that Mm -hmm. so just a simple google search isn't going to be the easiest way to find them it takes a lot of digging Mm -hmm. Cause usually there's uh, you know, some good, uh, local places that'll do things. And one of the things they do is in this respect. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of stuff out there. It is kind of hard to parse through, but sure. it's really great to have a conversation with somebody yep. who's been involved with it and yep. active. Um, and we got a couple ideas, some good folks that I think would be good to bring in and yeah, talk about Yeah, I came across
1: it. someone, in, uh, just two days ago that was sent to me. So, Wonderful. but I want to dig a little further into mm-hmm. what they're doing before I, you know, you want to do your due diligence. Oh, definitely. So, yeah,
2: definitely. So, um, well, I think I do want to leave with one question though. Go for I it. I want to leave a question that's kind of hangs in heads. Um, it's a question we brought up when we started talking on this topic uh, a few months ago, but it is the question of uh, what would a city actually look like or any community mm-hmm. actually look like mm-hmm. if we thought as highly of people living in poverty as we did of people living in extreme,
1: you know, wealth. Yep. What yeah. would it look like if everyone actually, or, had the same or, or or we, yeah, or you might say like as a kind of a Jason way of saying it, like what if we thought of uh, people that we uh, in these diverse categories of poverty mm-hmm. the same way we thought of the people that we wanted to think the most highly of? It's true. Yeah,
2: it's tough. It'll be a nice brain exercise for you. Do it. But do uh, it. Know, in, in the meanwhile, between
1: this episode and the next,
2: uh, we love you, you're a fantastic audience, and we will catch you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.